Hello, everyone, and welcome to the goddamn podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett acting like a professional here. I have headphones on in the Toyota Prius recording studio. Now, most people who record podcasts wear their headphones from the beginning. I mean, episode like 50. I don't know what it is. And it's just like last episode, there was friggin' all kinds of, you know, this is weird hearing my voice. But let's let's soldier on. It was weird. Uh, or la- the last podcast, it was like feedback on beep, 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 beep. Like, you know, like when sometimes the way electronics flicker when you get a text message, beep, beep, beep. And then it would like squeal. I had to cut out sections of my podcast. Some hilarious sections where you guys would have been, oh, I'm a better person for hearing that segment. And now, you know, nothing. You'll never know. It's gone. It's gone. So now here I am. Because I'm, I'm not going to deny you people any more segments. You're going to, I'm going to, I'm monitoring the audio. I wouldn't want the 13 people out there who listen to this to be deprived. So today, we, uh, we looked for another house. Now listen, we're not crazy. We're not buying a house in this ridiculous fucking market. All right? This housing market. It's absolutely absurd. Here's the... I got so mad today going out. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm just, I got to go back to it. My voice is so ridiculous. I, this, this headphone thing is not going to work out for me because uh, I am now am listening to what you're listening to. And uh, how do you do it? Guys, good for you to be able to put up with this. This nasally leprechaun. Hey, 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 hey. Jesus H. Christ. I met another Newfoundlander at a party. Oh, listen. Listen. We'll get to the party in a second. Guys, teaser. Teaser. I went to a party last night. Let me tell you something else about going to a party. I'm old. All right? I'll I'll cover all of it, I think. Let's see if I get back to it. Who knows? Oh, and Kim Jong-un? I'm going to address that, guys. I know. You've been waiting. Mark, what is your take on the Kim Jong-un? I got a take on it. Well, first I'll talk about real estate. Because, guys, that's exciting. Is that not exciting to talk about real estate? I'll fucking tell you what. This is, oh, my God. So today, like what we're doing is this, I call it intel. You know, you go out you, to go buy a house. Like if the opportunity presents itself for you to get a house you like at a price you can afford, you should be ready to jump on it. But in my opinion, you can't, you can't be ready to jump on an opportunity unless you really know there's an opportunity. And somebody who's never bought a house before, myself or my wife, we haven't, we haven't purchased any homes. You want to you wanna have some level of uh, knowledge, especially the way the Canadian real estate is where you have to buy things immediately or they're gone. And uh, so the way we're looking at it is we will... Get the lay of the land, start reading inspection reports and all that shit. Because you need an inspection report. Don't ever not have one of those. There was a house we were going to look at and it had fucking asbestos in the basement. The, the inspector report was like, yeah, so the asbestos probably needs to be cleared up. Yeah, probably. You probably want to clear up the old asbestos. You know what? Why don't you just leave it there? I hear it's soft. It's nice for babies to roll around in. Sam is going to love it. With his, his little asbestos blanket? Jesus Christ, right? Anyway, that's what I'm saying. Read the inspection reports, everybody. And if they don't have an inspection report, say, go fuck yourself. We're not going to your piece of shit. But that's that's what we're doing. Like the, the Canadian housing bubble is still alive and kicking. So we what we're doing is we're researching houses so that if and when the market collapses, and it probably will, it's certainly it's gone down like 20 or 25 percent since April. And uh, now September's been an uptick. All these fucking realtors, all of them, and they're in collusion. They all got together and they were like, yeah, I tell you what, they, they told all the clients, listen, after Labor Day, we'll put all the houses back on the market. And it's, it's going to be a sunny September. And it is. It's fucking 31 degrees here. I'm melting. Luckily, the Toyota Prius is equipped with air conditioning. So I'm as cool as a cucumber right now, but melting all day. Especially looking at this fucking open house we looked at. 
Anyway, the realtors told all their clients, just when September hits, after Labor Day, I know the market's been slow since April, but, you know, uh, people will come in. They'll be bidding wars again. Fucking, like, I, I don't know what country you're listening to this in. Unless you're Kim Jong-un, then I know you're in North Korea. But for the rest of you, I don't know where you are. And, um, but chances are your country's already gone through a housing crisis slash collapse in the last decade. Whereas Canada is one of the only countries where they, this ridiculous housing bubble has been sustained. And everybody's like, oh, it's different in Canada. It's not fucking different in Canada. There will always be downturns in markets. Yes, this one has lasted like 15 years or whatever the fuck it is. But um, eventually, eventually someone's left holding the bag. Someone buys a house for $1.2 million. And then that house is worth 500 grand, you know, two years from now. That happens. It happened in Toronto in the 90s. And it may happen again. Maybe it won't. But this is what I'm saying. Me and the wife. We are doing intel. We are gathering information so that if the market somehow gets back to reality, we'll be ready to go. Now, so this house we were going to look at, I was a little bit excited about it. It had a little porch area with that had bricks in it, so like a sunroom. And, uh, yeah, I'm a nine, 90-year-old man. And um, But what it is is I like to do videos. I like to tape like little YouTube things and stuff like that. They're usually instructional videos about stand-up comedy or, or stuff about comedy. I like that shit. I like using the gear. I like using the cameras. You guys, you know I'm a gearhead. I'm a fucking gearhead, guys. And so this little porch area kind of excited me because you get all that natural light, which is good for filming, you know, but it's diffuse through the curtain, so it's nice soft light. And I got the bricks in the background, you know, and bricks, bricks are synonymous with comedy clubs. You know, places like the Comedy Cellar, a lot of com comedy clubs have bricks as their backdrop. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's like working class entertainment. Nothing fancy about stand-up comedy, guys, if you're doing it right. Anyway, so we're a little excited about going there. And, uh, and plus, all the pictures of the inside looked really good. And the place was $650,000. And that is a lot of money. Uh, but in relative to the Canadian housing market... That is something that is, if you can believe that, that is what's called affordable, $650,000. And so our realtor, she was saying, or real estate agent, I guess, yeah, she's a realtor, right? Um, she was saying that it's probably priced for a bidding war at $650,000 because people will, will try to outbid one another for this fucking house. So we're like, really? So $650,000, that's, that's one of those lowball listings so that people will drive up the price honest to christ what have we come to and we go to see this fucking house all right and um the outside is just it's just garbage it it's it's garbage you might as well live in a dumpster there's this driveway which leads to the private garage but it's a shared driveway with a neighbor next door who looks like i don't know a hobo I don't, I don't know what kind of house they had next door, but it was not a nice-looking house. So you share a driveway with whoever the hell lives there, and the driveway is super long, and, and it's narrow. It's between two houses, So you and there's no way to turn the car around. So you have the back in, like, 100 feet in this tiny alleyway and scrape the fuck out of your car, or you, you have to go in head first and then back out onto the street. Either way. It's a goddamn disaster. So we're already like, fuck this place. Probably fuck this place. But let's see what it's like inside. Go inside. I see my sun area. Not bad. Not bad. The pictures are kind of accurate of the sun area. So I have my camera with me so that I can see if um, the shots will line up. So I just, I'm looking through the viewfinder to make sure that um, the video would come out right. I didn't take any pictures. I didn't take any video. I was just actually looking at the framing to see what it would look like if I started to shoot some videos. Anyway, so then I walk in the house with my wife and my baby and uh, our real estate agent. And the realtor of the house, the 
one who's trying to sell it, she comes running up to me like she's going to punch me in the face. And she's that fucking, you know, bleach blonde. And maybe I was pretty in 1955. Look, sorry about that insult, everybody. But you're going to be with me in a minute. You know, I'm not saying just because you're getting older that you're not worth anything. It's just, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? That type of, hey, I'm, I, I'm still, I still got it. It's like, no, stop trying to compete with a 20-year-old. Look your age, for fuck's sake. Age with grace, you dirty asshole. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying older ladies can't be beautiful. I'm saying, in fact, the only way to be beautiful is to stay natural. Be yourself. Don't be a spackled up fucking real estate agent just trying to wake up in the morning and iron your face and keep it all tucked in and bleach blonde your hair, which is clearly gray. Just fucking come. So I already, she's coming up to me. With with that with a fucking face on her, I'm not gonna say a bitch face because I am not sexist, all right. Uh, but she, but on a face of an asshole, all right. Assholes apply to men and women. It's really you can't take pictures. And then now look, I'm I'm guys, you know me, I'm a nice guy, I am a nice fucking guy. You know I'm from Newfoundland. You know it's it's a nice down home feel to. To the conversations I have with people. Like, hey, how's your family? What's going on? How's your boots? That's what we say in Newfoundland. How's your boots? So I give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, hey, fair enough. She thinks I was taking some pictures. And, uh, you know, I, that's probably against the rules. I don't know the rules. It's probably against it. Like I said, I'm doing intel, guys. And I, I'm thinking to myself, this is good information. Good information to have. And she's like, you can't take pictures. Now, I know she's coming at me aggressively, but let me, let me reiterate, I'm a nice fucking guy. So I say, oh, oh, no, don't worry. I wasn't taking any pictures. And then I try to explain. I said, see, I like to do videos, so I just wanted to make sure that the porch would be a nice area to shoot video. And she was like, well, you know, you can't take pictures. This is someone's home. You can't do that to someone's home. Like trying to play... The fucking moral high ground. Like, I am, uh, like, I'm infringing on the privacy of these citizens. Oh, these upstanding tax-paying citizens. And you, you dare sully their place by, by ripping into their privacy, raping their privacy. Oh, you, you belong in prison, sir. You can't take pictures of people's homes. And now now I've turned. My wife saw it. Because, uh, guys, I don't uh, I don't have a crossword for anybody. I, I think lots of crosswords. All right? I, I will uh, uh, hate you in silence. Go home, talk about it. Maybe, maybe I'll podcast about it. You know, that happens. Maybe I'll do some jokes on stage. But I will not generally get in a fight with anyone, be confrontational, because... Like I say, I give people the benefit of the doubt. I always think there's no way that this person is acting like this right now. Is there? But with her, there's no doubt. There is no doubt that she is just in it for a fucking fight. So I look at her and I go, again, I didn't take any pictures. And I said it like a fucking serial killer. I got to say, I don't know where it came from. But uh, it came out. And she just, you see the shrinking away. She just went and sat down. She said, okay. So yeah, okay is right. Be a fucking professional. Jesus Christ. You want somebody, first of all, you think this is going to be a bidding war. So you want someone to pay at least $650,000 for it. And I haven't told you about the house. The house is just, remember outside where I said it was garbage? Outside, that if I can't describe to you how much better outside was than inside. You know, I will use my wife's words. Friends of ours asked us, hey, did you like the house? And my wife wrote, they would have to pay me to live there. And even then, I might not do it. It was just a terrible fucking house. And then this asshole of a real estate agent fucking getting in my face 
Like she's in the UFC, for Christ's sake. And I just, like what I should have done is said, see ya. Like just turned and left. And, and, and then said to her, you need to learn to speak to people. Like not go crazy, you know, because if you go too aggressive, then you're the bad guy. All of a sudden you've taken it too far, you know? Like if a, if a police officer arrest a police officer, an officer, if a police officer is arresting some criminal, some scumbag of a prisoner, you know, that's, it's all fine and dandy unless the police officer beats the living shit out of the guy, right? So some, some guy is in, he's in a drugstore, he's stealing, he's stealing tampons, let's say. He's just a guy who loves tampons, and he's stealing tampons. You can't do that. So the police officer is like, "Sir, you can't. You have to pay. For, you have to pay for your tampons. You can't steal that shit." And uh, then you know he puts him in the back of the squad car, fine and dandy. But if he beats the shit out of that guy, and then throws him in the back of the car, then everybody hates the cops. Like he was just stealing tampons. He's probably too embarrassed to buy them for his wife at home. He's just misunderstood. And then you sue the police officer. So when you're faced with an asshole like this, this real estate lady, like if, I, if you fly off the handle, then now, now she feels justified with acting like a total dickhead from the beginning. And I didn't say anything, guys. When it was all said and done, we went, we looked through the house, it was garbage. You could tell. That's probably why she was acting like such an asshole. Because the place is garbage. And everybody is... There, there was a thousand people walking through. Because it's Toronto. And everybody needs to buy a fucking house here. So, um... Everyone's walking past going, Well, this, this place sucks. This is a piece of shit. Why did you list this? And that's what I should have said. I had it in the chamber. I was ready to say to her... When it was all done and we were leaving because you got to say goodbye, I, w- I was going to say, did you really list this for $650,000? Well, good luck. And then just walk off, you know? I was also thinking about saying the thing of you need to learn to speak to people or you're not very good at your job, something like that. I didn't say any of these things, and I'll tell you why, because Kelly, our real estate lady, she's been nice, you know? I don't know. She Maybe she's part of the problem, too, driving up prices. I don't know. I don't know her life story. But with us, she's been seemingly pretty upfront. She doesn't mind when we pass on every single house we look at. You know, she's, she was with us. She thought it sucked. And I'm pretty sure she hated that real estate lady, too, because we've seen her interact with other real estate women. And it's all women, by the way, so far, uh, all the real estate ladies. And um, there's been no real estate men. Don't know why. Don't know what that means. Maybe it's just the ladies coming up in the world. And all the guys are sitting at home in daddy daycare. I don't know. But yeah, I don't think Kelly liked her either. But here's the thing is, that's why I didn't say anything. I wanted to. I wasn't even really looking at the house. Like we were opening closets and and the whole time my brain is like, oh yeah? And then when you go downstairs, here's what I'm going to fucking say to that piece of shit. Here's what I'm going to say to her. And I'll say it just like this. And I'll say it like this. And then she'll probably come back and say this. And I'll be like, oh, how about this? That's how it was going in my head the whole time. Well, my wife's like, yeah, the bathroom's okay. Yeah. Bedrooms are kind of small. Hmm? The floor was creaking like a fucking motherfucker. With every step we were taking. Jesus Christ. Anyway, the place. It had a washer but no dryer. Explain that. Who who doesn't have a dryer? Like It's in a basement, washer dryer, you hang up all your clothes. Really? You hang up your underwear and your socks? It's ridiculous. What is this, the 30s? Get a fucking dryer. And so if there's no dryer in the place, there's no outlet for a dryer, which means you got to dig a hole through the fucking brick concrete. Anyway. I leave. What I decide to do is not say goodbye. That's right, guys. You know, I was a little, I was petty. Uh, Kelly, our real estate lady, she says goodbye. My wife says goodbye. And I just looked at her. And I walked off. And, uh, the whole, that's the reason I didn't say anything, was our lady Kelly. She has to work with these people. 
You know, and I don't, I'm never going to see this piece of shit again. But Kelly, I mean, this is, you know, I'm her client. And obviously this chick is a piece of work. So I don't need Kelly getting, having any trouble with any piece of shit real estate. Oh, fuck's sakes. I don't know how many times I can call her a piece of shit, but it's never enough. Never enough. Jesse. And it stunk. Did I mention that? That the house stank? It stank like 50 assholes. It was disgusting. I got so mad. At not just the lady. She was icing on the cake. No doubt about it. But you want $650,000 for a place that literally you would have to pay me and my wife to live in. It made me so angry. I I said to Sarah, we're moving back to Ottawa. And I don't want to live in Ottawa, guys. I Under no circumstances. But we were looking at houses next to where my brother lives for a very similar price. We would get a gigantic house with a pool. And it's like, I don't, that's four hours away. I don't care. I'll fucking drive to Toronto for my shows every week. Like, that's, that's how infuriating the real estate market is here in Toronto, is that I would rather move four hours away than, it's like the principle of the thing. Yeah, you live in a big city that's in demand. I get it. But this housing bubble, this has got to go. All you fucking greedy assholes out there with your houses just trying to drive up prices and bidding wars and these goddamn real estate pieces of shit. Knock it off. It's fucking ridiculous. Everybody's in a huge amount of debt. No one can afford a place to live. Me and Sarah are looking at slum houses, for Christ's sake. Hey, would you want to pay a million dollars to live in squalor? No, I do not. I do not. So here's what we're doing. We're fucking renting. And if the and if the market crashes, then it will. And go fuck yourselves if you're part of the problem out there. You deserve your houses to crash. If you're making all if you're you banked on making a ton of money on real estate, you bunch of flipping assholes. But everybody, do you know it is one in seven people in Toronto uh, have multiple houses. So they're buying houses, renting them out. Then there's all these fucking overseas people just buying up. People from from all over the world are buying up Canadian real estate because the market is so ridiculous. Houses are doubling every year. So they're buying them and flipping them or buying them and renting them out and expecting to make a ton of money. And all these fucking people, when it crashes, they'll all bail, leaving Canadians whole foot in the bill. I tell you. That's, that's how mad it made. made me want to leave. Made me want to leave the city. But I will not let that pizza... Oh, that fucking real, realtor lady and her shitty listing house. I will not let you drive me out of my city. I drive you out of your city. You don't drive me out of my city. I'm staying here. I'm making it work. We're going to rent and we're going to watch it crash. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actively look for her listings. When it's crashing and I'm going to go over and I'm going to bully her. I'm going to be like, oh, really? You want 400000 for it? What if I give you 300000 and a kick in the arse? What do you think of that? Whatever the hell your name is. I tell you what I'll do. I'll give you $305,000 and I'll kick in a bunch of blonde hair dye. What do you think? Is that good? Oh, look, I'll sweeten the deal. One, one more thing. I'll give you a pink sports jacket, okay? Pink sports jacket, blonde hair dye, $305,000. Do we have a deal? Oh, also kicking the arse. That's uh, non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Doesn't have to be me. Can be my wife. But someone needs to kick you in your arsehole, Okay. So I was at a party. I was at a party on, uh, let's just switch gears before my fucking head explodes. Your hero, 
Mark Joseph Bennett went out again. We hired our Filipino nanny babysitter, old Jossie. Fucking count on Jossie. Gonna show up five minutes early. We texted her because we were having a pretty good time. All right, guys? Surprise! Had a pretty good time at a party. We texted her and said, is it okay if you stay another hour? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, of course she was going to say absolutely. Because this, she is, she's, this is an entrepreneur right here. She will always take work. She'll take work over sleep. Even though it was midnight, she was like, yep, stay as long as you want. And we show up. And you know what? When, when I gave uh, Jossie the money, she was like, oh, thank you so much. Like, as we gave her uh, an extra 20 for the hour, for the, we, you know, we paid her for the extra. It sounded to me, what I'm trying to say is, it sounded to me like she was just staying because we asked her to, not really expecting uh, more money for doing that. Like, that's how fucking, this is what these, this is, oh, I tell you what. I listen, a, a couple of podcasts ago, I was talking about the work ethic of the Filipino immigrants. And I stand by those statements. Like this, I, honest to God, I think the lady was just like, yeah, if you're having a good time, you just stay there. And then when we paid her for the extra hour, she was like, oh, that's, thank you. And I said, no, obviously, listen, you, you stayed for another hour and, and, and uh, we owe you this money. So, and then we called her an Uber because she's going home in style. No subway, no subway and streetcar for, for Jossie getting an Uber. Sorry for the taxi cab drivers out there who are uh, listening. It's just that the Uber thing, it's just an easier way. I don't know. Maybe if I had a, maybe if I tried a taxi app, they, they're probably easy too. Anyway, I, let's not get into the debate, guys. I've, we've, I've used Uber a total of like five times. Cabbies, I've used way more, guys. Way more. What was I talking about? Right, I was at a party. And, uh, Friends of mine were celebrating and they, because they bought a house two years ago. They got a pretty good deal on their house, and they, uh, they bought it two years ago. They're, they're some of the reason that we kick around the idea that we could find something. Because they found something, and it was relatively affordable. And now we wouldn't be able to live there. And, and it's because we're better than them. It's too, it's too shitty for us. <laughs> no, it's just that we have a child. So what we're there, they're a couple without children. They don't plan to have children. So they don't need certain things that we do need. You know, we want a finished basement. We need an extra bedroom. Uh, we, you, because we have, we have a kid that that's the point of moving out of this apartment is to try to get another bedroom so that we can have guests and a child in a room. And if God forbid we had a second child, which we don't plan to, but accidents happen and I will, that's what I'll call our next child. Little Axie. Oh, what's it short for? Axel? No. Accident. Little Axie. And uh, you, need, you need a little more room. But I will not pay a million dollars for a fucking match. Oh, like a matchbox that, that's lined with garbage. That's what Toronto's offering us right now. Do you want to live in this uh, cardboard box that this hobo built? That'll be $700,000. Fuck yourself. Can I take a picture of the cardboard box? No, you cannot. How dare you, sir? But what if I'm not taking pictures? I'm not listening to you. I told you not to take pictures. She could have had a nice interaction with me. Even though she came at me aggressively, I was willing to be like, hey... I get it. Let's let's just you know what? Let's not go back there, guys. Let's let's not get riled up again. Let's talk about my awkward moments at the party, shall we? Let's get into it. So, uh, it was a friend of mine who works on a TV show. Now, the star of the TV show was there. So, oh, celebrities, guys, celebrities at this fucking party. Star of the TV show is there. And three of the writers are there. Two of those writers are friends of mine. The guy's house, who owns the house, and uh, another friend of mine who's also writing on the show. Now, all these people, not all of them, one of them, the guy who owns the house said, hey, we're hiring 
um, another writer. So there's a bunch of people making submissions. Would you like to make a submission? And I say yes, and I send them the submission. Long story short, they told me to go fuck myself. They didn't actually do that. They just never responded at all. And that's when you know you didn't get the job. Because the job was in September. It's September. Nobody bothered to call me. You know, unless they're sitting at the office downtown and they're like, hey, where's Mark Bennett? We gave him the job in our minds. Did he not know to show up? Of course, they gave it to somebody else. And who knows what the reason is, guys? There are many people who applied. And sure, I'm friends with the guy who uh, who is probably doing the hiring. But the person he hired is also probably a friend of his. More than one friend of his applied. So, look. Am, am I a little embarrassed? At the time, at the party, realizing all the people from the show that just told me that I was a useless bag of shit, that they're all there now? Was I embarrassed? Of course I was. I'm me, after all. Now, none of, most of them had no idea I had even sent in a writing audition to the show. I, that much I am sure of. So it wasn't the worst thing in the world. And like I said, there's a million reasons why you might not have gotten that particular job. But it's still, it's not like, not like you go in feeling great. Hey, look, there's those, those guys. Hey, guys. And I got along so well with everyone from the show. We were all laughing and joking. They're like, hey, this guy's a funny guy. I'm like, yeah, you guys are funny too. But too bad you didn't give me a job. But no. No, I'm bigger than that. So I just, I just ignored that nagging voice that said, they all know. They all know you tried to get a job here. And it just wasn't good enough. You just couldn't cut it, buddy. Nah. I'm sure nobody gave a shit. But when I'm talking to these people, so the star of the show, he's there with his girlfriend. Now, let me, let me just let you picture his girlfriend. He is on a TV show. All right? In fact, he's on two TV shows. The person you are picturing, that is who he brought to the party. She plays country music. She's got long blonde hair. She just did like a stint in Nashville, I think. I don't know. The whole reason I'm telling you about her and the fact that she plays country uh, is that, um, like, one, so I'm talking to the, to the star of the TV show and. One of the writers of the show, who I who I just met, he's the one guy I've just met. I'm getting along with him really well, and um, he doesn't know anyone else at the party, so I think he's kind of glad to be talking to me and my wife and the star of the show, and because uh, this is pretty much all he knows. The backyard is full of people that we don't know. Oh yeah, I was in the backyard of the house. We weren't just we weren't just hey, this party's really scary. Let's go to the backyard. We were all we were all out there. Hanging out on a 30-degree Toronto night at the end of September. Honest to God. Global warming, guys. Let's let's get into it. No, let's not. We all know the story on that. We're all going to die. So the reason I'm talking about that she's a country star is what happens is, I don't know, we're joking around, and uh, I'm talking about how I have a baby, and this uh, writer guy's talking about how he has a five-year-old child, and he said the best part about it is he loves the Montreal Canadiens, the father, so he just dresses his kid in Montreal Canadiens uh, jerseys. He's like, yep, this is what you like now. You have to believe this, and you have no choice. That's the best part about having the kid. And I was like, yeah, it's like religion. like like Or religion, not religion. It's like religion. I said, you just, uh, the kid has no choice. You believe this now. Um. Yeah, I, I shit. I'm fucking up my own story. I think. Yeah. No. He said, like I um, he said you just I just throw a, a Montreal jersey on him, a Carey Price jersey. I'm like, yeah, you like Carey Price now? And I said, yeah, it's just like religion, you know. Except, and then the the writer guy was like, yeah, and then you grow up and you get disillusioned. I'm like, yeah, and then you realize Carey Price never existed in the first place, you know? Just kind of making a joke about, you know, how Jesus isn't real. <laughs> you know? Like you would at a party full of strangers. I regretted it immediately, guys. So much so that I'm telling you about it right now. Now, everyone laughed, okay? Except the country girl. 
Let's let's be clear about that. She did not laugh. Everybody else laughed. And uh, the country girl, she sort of laughed, but it was the ho-ho. You know that one? Oh, I believe in Jesus. Oh, I know you do, sweetie. I know you do. And so, like, I... And and the star of the show, his eyes go, like, really wide. Like, oh, Jesus. And I don't know if it's because he's also religious or he realizes she was going to be upset by that or it's a sense of... uh, 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 a source of tension between the two. Perhaps they've had these arguments before. Because if he's a comedian, he is. He's a stand-up comedian. Not a lot of them are religious. Not many. Most of us are pretty cynical. And uh, we don't believe about Shangri-La and fairies in the sky. And if you do believe that stuff, you know, go right ahead. But it's just we don't, generally speaking. And uh, so I turn to her and the celebrity guy. And leaving out names, guys, because I'm, come on now. We don't need to be, we don't need to be starting rumors. You know, we don't need to be uh, airing out dirty laundry. I say, uh, well, if we had bought that house, we would have had to air out our laundry. Because they have no dryer. They have no dryer, guys. So I turned to the country star and the TV star. And I went, kidding, just kidding, because I knew immediately. Uh, you could tell. You could tell by the hue of her skin and the length of her hair that she loved Jesus. And, uh, I mean, this is why they say you don't talk about religion or politics or, uh, what's the third one? I don't know. Something. But I just, I don't know. I just don't give a shit these days. And maybe, maybe it's because they didn't give me the job. You know, I had an edge to me. Like, I kind of, maybe I wanted to stick it to him. Because, listen, the show that I was I was auditioning for is a very tame, safe show. And it's not in any way to disparage the show, okay? It's just that we're in Canada, and you need to produce content that can be watched by families on certain channels. This was one of those channels. It's a family-oriented show. That's the best way to phrase it. It's a family-oriented show. And so perhaps, perhaps I needed to display some biting satire to be like, yeah, you didn't hire me? That's because I'm too fucking edgy for you, man. I'm too goddamn edgy. How You don't want me in the writer's room, guys, with my subversive religious angles you know cutting down the establishment at the knees mark joseph bennett does it again canada has become a little less religious thanks to mark and his jokes uh yeah but you know what fuck it fuck her and not not fuck her she was a nice she was a nice girl and the, the celebrity guy was super nice too they were all very nice and we it's not like they turned on their heel and left we continued to talk. They were going to get a dog. And I was like, oh, what kind of dog are you going to get? And blah, blah, blah. Jesus is cool. Hey, you're going to call your dog Jesus? You should. Jesus is yay. Yeah, they were nice. It's just what I mean by fuck it is like, fuck it. That's what I think. All right. Maybe I shouldn't bring it up immediately upon meeting someone. But I was just joking around. We're all like you're in a, you're in a backyard at a comedian's party. Obviously, everybody's just throwing jokes around us, what we do. There was an opportunity for a joke. I took it. It happened to step on the belief of some lady over there. But again, who? Fuck. You believe that? I believe this. Who gives a shit? Go ahead and make a joke uh, about how all atheists are arrogant pricks. Go ahead and do that. I'll be like, fair enough, religious lady. Good for you. Getting me. You got me. But she's a country singer, so she doesn't make jokes. She just makes the music. And I don't know. And now you're thinking, oh, Mark, we know you're going to go off about the country music. We know you don't like it. But maybe she plays the good country music. I don't know anything about her. There is the good country music. The Zach Browns, you know, they, uh, the Willie Nelsons. There's good country out there. And now, speaking of good countries... North Korea 
is not seemingly a good country. And the United States is having its troubles too. And it's having its troubles with North Korea. Now, I've, I've touched on this a little bit on the podcast, but uh, I'm recording this Sunday night. What is the date here? Sunday, September 24th, 2017. Now, I'm going to try to publish this tonight so that it gets put out there before the world officially ends. You know, I, uh, I think you guys need one last podcast before we all go up in a puff of smoke. But honest to fucking God, Trump is goading this Kim Jong-un. He is goading him. Like that real estate lady looking for a fucking fight. See? And it's like hilarious comedian Daryl Gordon Purvis, who was supposed to be at the party but never showed up, by the way. Daryl. And we stayed longer waiting for him. Didn't show. Anyway. What Daryl Purvis postulated was that Trump thinks everyone will think he's awesome if he nukes somebody. And uh, it looks like Daryl might be right. Because what he is doing, he is completely baiting this Kim Jong-un into attacking. And when he attacks, which is imminent according to Kim Jong-un, he said attack... A preemptive strike against the United States is imminent, is what that guy just said. He, like, he said that yesterday or today or something. Fuck's sakes. And then so... And Trump's like, he's not going to be around much longer. Rocket man, he's not going to be around much longer. Fucking... I can't, honestly, God, I can't even be bothered to try to do a good Trump impression because I fuck, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of the whole world. So he's going to get this guy to attack. Then he's going to launch nuclear weapons and kill North Korea. And, it, you know, there have been people pleading. They've been saying, hey, man, South Korea, we're, we're here. We're on your side. Don't, if you nuke them, you'll kill us. We don't want that. Here's what I have to say to that is, fair enough, South Korea. But what about North Korea? There are humans there. It's not fucking Kim Jong-un sitting on a goddamn lily pad by himself, tweeting out threats and shooting off missiles from his ass. There's a lot of people there who don't have any power and aren't probably wanting to fire missiles at other countries and get missiles fired back at them. Don't don't kill North Korea. There's other people around. Yeah, and people in North Korea, guys. Jesus H. Christ. And you know what's really... This part shouldn't be bothering me as much as it does, but it does, is that this is happening over fucking Twitter. Twitter is going to start World War III. Who saw that coming? Did anyone see that coming? People were like, oh, that was that the Arch, Archduke of Ferdinand or whatever the fuck it was that started World War I? And everyone's like, that's crazy. It was just some guy. They just killed some guy who was no big deal. And the whole world goes, we have, what about a Twitter fight? All right, at least some guy got killed in 1912 or whatever the fuck it was. I mean, that was, that was a person, a, a, a political figure, at least kicked that off. People tweeting in the middle of the fucking night on their fucking iPhones? That is the thing. That kicked off the end of civilization. You know, maybe the old curmudgeons have been right the whole time. They're like, oh, the kids with their with their new media and their Facebook and their Twitters. This is the end of society as we know it. You're right. Turns out you're right. Society has ended because of Twitter. And the sh- fucking shitheads who... The thing is, that that's what the problem is with all this social media. People now have access to putting comments out in the world. And not everybody should be allowed to put comments out into the world. One of those people is the president of the United States. Somebody take that fucking phone from him. And the thing is, it's not like he's doing it because he's an idiot. I mean, he's an asshole, but he knows what he's doing. He is, he is legitimately 
shoving the guy in North Korea, pointing his finger in his chest going, what are you going to fucking do about it? Do something. Do something. And then when the guy takes a swing, you know, he'll take out a fucking nuclear warhead and shoot him with it. Honest to Christ. Oh, this podcast got dark, guys. What? What'd you expect? A realtor lady got in my face. Well, you think I was going to be calm? Not going to be calm. Oh, and let me tell you something else. Guys, just before we go, my wife is reading about the flu shot. Now, this is a study that I did not read. I am just reporting it, as I often do, from the synopsis my wife gave me. But there was an article that said there was a study just done in Australia about the flu vaccine and uh, the flu shot. And apparently, it doesn't help any kids under five at all. So we're certainly not going to give the baby the flu shot. And, um, and I don't know about you guys, but if I've ever gotten the flu shot, I get the flu that winter. My wife said the same thing. And a lot of people, that's just anecdotal. That's not empirical evidence, guys. It's just stories people are telling. Maybe they're true, maybe they're not. Now, this empirical evidence comes from this study that says it not only doesn't prevent the flu for people, it encourages them to get the flu. And I said, God damn it, my anecdotal evidence turns out to be accurate. What happens is they say the mercury in it or some shit is so powerful, it suppresses your immune system greatly. And it suppresses it for several weeks. And during that time, when your immune system is super suppressed and it's cold and flu season, you pick up the goddamn flu. I tell you, you don't know what these doctors and government... Jenny McCarthy was right the whole time. She's right the whole time. Now, see, that's why. That's why there's so many people on the Jenny McCarthy type of thought track. You know, because sometimes, so everyone's like, oh, get the flu shot. Make sure you get the flu shot this year. My wife, she's got severe asthma. So they're like, hey, if you have a compromised immune system or a bad asthma stuff, definitely get the flu shot. The doctors encourage her every year, all the time. Make sure you get the flu shot. You really need it. And if this study is true, and I don't know if it is, but if this study is true, like, honest to fucking God, how many years have we been encouraged to get the flu shot? So you can see why people are saying things like, well, you know, the, what, I think the vaccine gives you autism. I think it does. There's a lot of evidence that that is not the case. I think that's one of the differences here, is that we've, we've combed through a lot of the evidence of the vaccines for that, that people assume cause autism, and it's been proven not to be the case. Now, maybe, maybe it's all a conspiracy. Who knows? But at least there is mountains of evidence. Whereas the flu shot thing, you know, people weren't really diving into the evidence because, you know, people are like, oh, it prevents the flu. Okay, no big deal. That's great. That's great. You know, it, but if the flu shot, if people were sus- suspected the flu shot had caused autism, they would have done a pile of research about it. But you see why people are skeptical. Honest to God. I don't... I don't know anything, guys. I don't know anything about the world anymore. You know, I used to, I used to feel like I was Socrates. You know, I would say, all, all I know is that I know nothing. And I would feel wise. So in a sense, I wasn't being Socrates at all. Because I was being arrogant that I was open-minded. You know, my elitist arrogance. But uh, it has now turned into confusion. And that's when you know... You're really mature. When you're confused, you throw your hands up and you go, I don't fucking know, guys. Look, scientists are saying there's global warming. All right. There's, uh, they're, they're saying that these vaccines don't cause autism. They're saying our water is safe to drink. Uh, okay. I think I believe the scientists. But I don't know. I don't know. You know, when you're young, you have conviction, guys. You have conviction, and you also have the ability to go to a party on a Saturday night and have two beers 
and not have the next day ruined. I have been a fucking disaster today. I've taken two naps, all right? And I was out, like I was asleep by 1 a.m. I had two beers. And it was like I was run over by a fucking truck. A camion, as my son would say in French. I tell you what, getting old, getting old is hard on the body and it's hard on the mind. It's true, as I've said on other podcasts, you learn who you are as a human being. And that is great. It's great to feel confident in your own mind, comfortable in your own skin. You figure out who you are. Unless you're some realtor lady who's just hanging on to an old dream of being a smoke show so she's spackling herself together. Pile of fucking plaster and hair dye. But your body falls apart and you just start questioning. Do I know anything? Can I trust anything? The answer to those two things is no. No, you cannot. And I'm going to end the podcast there. Guys, food for thought. Just remember, you don't know anything. But you know what? Don't be hard on yourself. Don't don't despair, even though, listen, you only got a couple weeks to live anyway, right? Before the world ends. But you don't despair. Just take solace in the fact that not only you don't know anything, nobody knows anything. And if anyone says they know something, they are fucking lying. All right? They are lying through their goddamn teeth. They don't know anything. I don't know. Maybe the real estate market will cool off. Maybe Donald Trump is doing the right thing. You know, maybe maybe all these vaccines are terrible for you. I don't know. I'm doing the best I can. You know, I'm screaming in a car at 9 o'clock on a Sunday night. Hung over somehow from two beers and being out till 1 a.m. That's it for the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'll uh, talk to you again soon. Hopefully I won't get into a fight with another realtor. I can't promise anything. So I said shut up. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. Good night.